You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hi, I'm Mia, and I'm joined by my friends Leo, Beth, and Zoe, and we have an announcement to make on the show. Ooh. Yeah, it's very exciting. Our first free tickets giveaway from Janan, who was our guest a couple of weeks ago. So Janan Yunus is a comedian. The night is called Weapons of Mass Hilarity. It's an event where she's doing some stand-up. It's running on Wednesday, November 20th, so exactly next week, at the Phoenix Arts Club, right by Leicester Square, Everyone in the lineup is BAME with Shazia Mirza headlining. Other acts include Pat Monahan, David Lewis, Athena Kogblenu, and Lubo the Comedian. All the proceeds go to the Schlammer Foundation, which I actually looked up, and it was created to connect the Assyrian, Chaldean, Syriac diaspora. Janan is really kind enough to give away two free tickets for this, so if you want those, then please email vlwradio at gmail.com and find out more about the night by just typing weapons of mass hilarity into Google and you will find out more. It's at the Phoenix Arts Club next Wednesday. Nice, that sounds really fun. I think I might, I might go to that. <laughs> you can email vlwradio at gmail.com for the free tickets. So I think <laughs> that do. that might be n- not an appropriate way to conduct this competition. Oh, it's first come, first cut serve, so send, it, send those emails quickly. Okay, so on this show, we're going to be talking about friendships and what we learn from them. But first, celebrations and frustrations. On Monday, I went to Margate. And so, yeah, it's very exciting. I was filming one of my little gardening videos. My partner's hairdresser grows bromeliads, which are like air plants. And he has like this really incredible greenhouse with loads and loads of these. So they're these types of plants that don't, they put their roots into the air. They're not parasitic. They just grow into nothing and Mm. they're really incredible so I went to film all of these he's got this great contraption that creates fog in the greenhouse because they like to be watered in a misty way this sounds amazing I can't wait to see this video oh I can't wait to edit it that is my celebration Mm. I guess mine would be I'm gonna gotten back into DJing again recently and I have a gig next week at a South Asian music night it's like a Bollywood bhangra theme night. So, do you want to share the deets on air? Next Saturday, twenty third of November, uh, at the Post Bar, Seven, Seven mm. Sisters, and it's called the Same Wave Musician Series. All one hundred percent of the profits are in solidarity with charities supporting refugees and migrants. Nice. So, yeah, show up. It should be really fun. I'm going to celebrate breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person and I really don't like eating breakfast very much. Well, I've started having pancakes. You know? Oh, yeah. Pancakes. That's what I do. Butter, maple syrup. That's a good gateway breakfast. Gateway breakfast. So, um, although it could be healthier, I think for someone who didn't eat breakfast at all, it's a revelation. So, yeah, that's my. That's my I'm, 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 I'm on to it now. I'm on to it. All those years. Yeah. You should eat breakfast. Um, I'm getting there. My celebration this week is an anticipatory celebration, Mm -hmm. that word. My sister and nephew are coming to visit me this weekend, which I'm very excited about, my 16-month-old nephew. So I'm looking forward to them coming, so I've just been prepping the house for them, getting very excited, thinking about what I can get him. Apparently he loves fish goujons, so I'll be getting plenty of them in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yum. I don't think I know what a fish goujon is. <laughs> it's like a chicken drumstick. Like breaded fish. fish. Oh, yeah. I don't eat meat or bread, so that yeah. would be why. <laughs> yeah. Not for you. Yeah. And on to the topic of friendships. Yeah, first of all, I wanted to ask all of you, what sort of qualities do you think make a good friend? I think funny. You want someone who's a laugh. I think also funny both in a serious way, someone who's light-hearted so they can 
bring the tone tone down if you want them to. I don't know. Um, I think elements of silliness. Like my friend, I need them to not judge me for anything. So I've got horrible acne on my face. If I've got ripped rips in my trousers. If I've got a bogey hanging out. Um, if I say something and it's uh, maybe not on point, I think I'd hope that that friend would be able to say, to, you know, take me to, take me aside and be like, oh. I'm not sure about what that thing you said, and this is why. Also, you've got something in your tea, kind of thing. <laughs> I think on that note, honesty is very important. Mm. You don't want someone who's just a yes man who's always going to be agreeing with what you do. Like, sometimes you need to be pulled off on things. Mm. And that's, like, a hard thing to do in a friend as well, so I think that's important. Mm. Also, reliability, quite a practical um, one. True. But I hate people who are flaky. Really winds me mm. up. Another main one would just be positivity. You can't really be friends with someone who's negative and then just dragging you down all the time. That one's probably quite a deal breaker for me. A different friends, different things. Like, True. it's okay to have a friend who's super negative if they're really funny. And it's okay True. to have, like, a mean friend if they're really funny. Funny excuses a lot in my books, <laughs> basically. But, like, funny, interesting, creative. I think, like, these are really important traits. But I think ultimately, underneath it all... I think what you both were saying about honesty is also based on trust and you want that like basis of trust. Mm. I guess you build that over time. But there are friends who I've been friends with for a very long time. That trust isn't there. But I wouldn't say they're less of a friend because that's not there. I just Mm. like wouldn't go to them with like my soul. Yeah. But there are other friends who can have my soul and that's fine. I trust them with it. Yeah. 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 That thing about different friends for different things is important. And I guess it takes time as well to figure out oh I should see this person like once a week maybe and that's enough Mm. or knowing how much time to spend with that person what mood to go to them in as well Mm. yes the mood thing and like if you have a flaky friend just be flaky with them so like always arrive an hour late for one specific friend I have a friend that I do that with I think she caught on and then was like you're an hour late what's going on yeah (laughs) or or spring plans on them is a good one for flaky Mm. people you're just Mm. like we're going to the pub now Mm. and that's it they can't no excuse to flake out Yeah, I think like going to events and going to gigs and things like that is something that I think is kind of like, I look for friends that I have sort of similar interests with. So like, yeah, like you said, like arts and creative and music and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's not always the case, but I think a lot of people who I have friendships with have been like at gigs and events and things like that. What is the kindest thing that a friend has ever done for you? That's such a difficult question. <laughs> it is because you have to tally up all of the things that your friends have done. Yeah. I don't. I don't think kindness is always what friends offer. Partners I've had have been the most kind because I've also been the most vulnerable. Um, especially like taking care of me when I'm sick. I think is like a real. I just think I wouldn't expect it of a lot of people and mm. uh, people who've done that for me. Without even having been asked, I always think he's absolutely amazing. But that's like, they were like relationship partners, not just, I say just friends. Like, Mm. I haven't had friends who have done that. I'm sure they would, but it just hasn't happened. Mm. My kindest friends are like, when my friends have been doing really kind things, I think maybe it's come at a time where you might be going through some things and you're not always being the best version of yourself, but they're still there for you to pick you up off the floor and Mm. if you are if you do want to go on a mad one a night out or something they're still going to be there with you to try and rein you in (laughs) and they're going to know that you're not you're not that person and you're not always going to be that person I agree actually completely one of my closest friends there was a moment a couple of years ago where I wasn't kind of 100% well and I think the kindest thing she did for me was let me have that space to be very vulnerable and like 
I remember there was this moment where I won't explain the context, but we were in a tent basically, and I was like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like I felt like the world was crushing, crushing down behind, around me, and she like just held my face, like you know, like two hands on my like cheeks, and she was just like, just cry. And like I was just like <laughs> like that, like really dramatic crying, but I really needed that, and I think that was something that helped me and her to like connect in a way, I guess I think I felt like I was very vulnerable and could trust her then, and I just needed that, and I think she could read that, so mm. I completely agree with yeah there. that's so, been happening to me and my flatmates a lot lately, where you know mm. when you just when it's not even like something that deep but you just come in from a long day and you're like oh, I just need to cry yeah and you can just sit there and you know they're not going to judge you and they're not going to be like try and make it better or anything yeah they know that you just need to do that and they're going to be there and then like you'll watch something funny afterwards and it's all okay mm. yeah that's really interesting I don't really know how many friends I would say I feel comfortable crying in front of but <laughs> yeah there are a few who have actually seen me yeah cry. but I don't think that's a caveat for you have to you can only be mm. friends with the person seeing you cry <laughs> I think there are other things, again, like you said, Leo, different friends for different purposes. Um, and just friends just... I think the thing that makes a friend closer is a little bit of vulnerability, is that trust. It's that I'm going to tell you something about my life which I might be embarrassed about or ashamed of or I might feel insecure about. And that person there, and they listen to it and they understand it. And then they're like, OK, what can we do that's a nice thing? Or how can I make you smile? Mm. Or... You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess often it helps if that person's, like, known you for a really long time. So uh, do many of you have childhood friendships that are still strong today? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I second that. No, I think... I, I guess my oldest friend is someone who I went to school with. So I've known him for, I don't know, 10, 10 years or so. Maybe 13, 14 years, but... Um, I won't say we're particularly close. I just say, like, you know, I'll ask him if he's had a good week and he's like, yeah, and then we do the same next week and, you know, that's about that's about it really. But I don't think... I think people who've had childhood friends are quite quite lucky almost. I've got... I had, um, between years five and seven, I had a, a best friend and I think we both... Like, we've spoken about the sense that we really value what we had at that time and I really appreciate, like, who she is. Like, mm. I, I think a lot of the qualities that she has, um, she still has, or had then, she still has, like, a sort of lack of judgment and then, like, this trust and sort of open-mindedness, and it's something that I still look for in other friends. Um, but, like, she doesn't live in London. We don't do a lot of the same things every day. But there's, like, sort of a sort of base respect, I think. There are friends that I made in school, and I haven't kept in touch with any of them, though. Mm. I'm in touch with my cousin, but that's because we're related. <laughs> but, like, I don't think it counts. He, he was, like, my first best friend. We were, like, always together. And it's the same with my sisters. We've always been together, yeah. but it's kind of... Like, you don't choose your sisters, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I have a twin sister, and she is technically... a a womb friend mm. so <laughs> we go back way far but <laughs> but yeah I don't really have like friends from school I um when I went to I went to a different college to my school and I was just like I'm cutting everyone off and I'm going to a different college and that's it and that's what I did and didn't look back mm. um I also like like I'm from Manchester moving to London like you say the distance thing like it does one of my like my, my oldest friend is probably um, a friend I made in college, but our lives are just so different now and we are so far away. So we do try and kind of stay in touch. It's similar to you, Soila, but 
It's difficult when you're so far away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and going back to the distance thing, I mean, what other kind of problems do you think can make it difficult when it comes to, like, sustaining friendship over years and whatever? Um, I don't know. I mean, my closest, one of my closest friends, we both live in London. We live on the opposite sides of London and we might not see each other. We might see each other once a month and it can even be once every two months. But I think there's a consistency in we phone each other several times a week, speak on the phone, message a lot, that kind of thing. Um, But I think recently that friendship has felt like it's become a little strained. I think we've started to go in separate paths and um, that's for a number of reasons but I think there have been times when I don't know how to deal with that do I let it drift a little bit do I and then when I see her again it's really good and it's like really nice but then it's like okay but I can't I feel like I can't spend loads of time like can't go on a holiday with this person or can't do this or not sure about that and it's it's a difficult in weighing up, especially with a friendship that changes, with mm. a friendship that, you, you know, best friends, so close, it changes, and that you'd still consider this person so close, but in a different way. Mm. And I just think, you know, it can be changes, it can be someone might get into a relationship and it's like, oh, your new boyfriend slash girlfriend is just like you don't like them or I don't know they just they might move away for a job and there's all I think there's all sorts of things that make it difficult to sustain but ultimately I think it's that effort and your want this is a very long-winded way of saying this but your want to make it work I think if you want that it can and will still work yeah, this is something I've been speaking to a few of my friends about lately as well because I'm kind of that age where it's like a few years out of uni, like people are moving to different places, like things are changing. And it is hard, like you say, to know what to do in that situation. You don't want to force it. If mm. it's like naturally kind of coming into an end or you're drifting apart, you don't want to like force the friendship. Mm. But I also think that like it's important to remember that just because you're not as close as you used to be right now. I don't think that that means that it's like, it's not a one-way thing. I think friendships kind of ebb and flow. Mm. And in the future, you might kind of live in the same place or like something unexpected might bring you closer together again. You might have that friendship again. But yeah, it's easy to forget that. You're just like, I'm losing this friendship. It's going to be gone forever. But I don't think like it usually probably isn't. If you were so close at one stage, then it's probably not just going to go. I think being in the same WhatsApp group as people helps. <laughs> you, love, you love WhatsApp groups. I don't love them. They're just a necessity. It's like Everything. I don't love air. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely people change and like uh, you can spend less time doing certain things than other times in other times of your life. I think now that I'm 31, I notice like a lot of my friends are getting married. I wasn't noticing I've been invited to <laughs> wedding. Like, hmm, what's going on here? Or, you know, even having kids. And it changes how much time you have to dedicate to certain things. But also, Very Loose Women at the start was like three friends from uni and we have kept in touch and our lives were shaped by the fact that we would meet every Wednesday here and we like kept up with each mm. other. And so it created a sort of space where we would see each other mm. and ask how each other were. I feel like that's how you and I Yeah, yeah, because we were friends at, uh, during our Masters, yeah. but 
we got to know each other, I think, more profoundly or intensely, yeah. perhaps, I through think doing... you're one of my closest friends. Yeah, yeah. same, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so it's just, like, scheduling time. The same with my band. Um, I didn't know them before I started drumming, but, like, we have band practice. We, have, we, we go to, like, different towns around the UK. That's, like, travel time where we get to know each other. And it's really nice having a reason to speak to people, I guess, like that. Mm. And going back to that point you made about, like, WhatsApp and social media, like, how do you think that affects friendships and things like that? Because I guess it can make you feel like you're so connected to everyone all the time, but then it's like, if you're in different cities, it can be, I guess, difficult to just be, like, messaging someone all the time. And Pros and cons, I guess, mm. from social media. I think so, I think the, the con about social media is sometimes you're someone who will post a view which maybe you don't agree with, and then that completely changes your outlook on them I would because say that's a pro well <laughs> you're fully I, mean, aware I guess but then you don't have person. the space to talk to I feel yeah. like social media is not the space to have a conversation that's about true. things like that mm. like or when friends are going through something like you know I hate my stepmom or as an example <laughs> like it's just like it feels much more difficult to to really get to that those powerful and meaningful things that I think help people connect one of my very best friends lives in Amsterdam at the moment and has been studying there for like the past year and it's quite nice just seeing like what's going on with her life mm. and we catch up like we'll have a really long phone call like every few weeks or whatever and it's like oh hey, you were here you were doing this and both of us are just like oh but it kind of makes you feel a little bit more like a part of the life because otherwise you wouldn't see those yeah, things. Yeah I agree with that. The flip side is that I'm the part of like there are a few people who I I think because of the algorithms just come up on my Facebook or on my Instagram and I know a lot about their life, even though we've never been that close. So it creates mm. this artificial proximity where I'm like, I guess like, it's not stalking because they're They've giving their information yeah. to me and we're in the same network, but it still feels like a little bit weird. Yeah. I know all these things and I am genuinely curious. Like, yeah. it's my job to be curious. So they're not going to be immune from that. <laughs> I was Fair thinking enough. about that the other day. So... um Someone I went to school with, I'm, I know, like, his every move. Yeah. And, like, we haven't been friends for a long time. But is it interesting to you? Not really. I oh. just kind of know what he's doing. <laughs> That's where we differ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does, like, three things on repeat. So <laughs> there's not that much to get out of the situation. Like, sometimes I, I agree it's quite interesting, but... I just find it mad. Like I know when he's like been to the pub or been to work or done this or done that. It's like he probably isn't. He probably doesn't even realise that I know that about him. Uh, you mentioned your uh, friend from Amsterdam, Beth. So I was just wondering, like growing up, we've all um, had friends who've moved around like to different places. And how do you keep in touch with friends like to maintain long distance friendships? I am. Um, I lived in Papua New Guinea for nine months, which is obviously quite far from London. Um, and I was just there with my ex-boyfriend and then, like, initially my boyfriend, then my ex-boyfriend, as we all know and I've mentioned on the show. Um, I found it really nice to WhatsApp people who were in the UK and it felt like, because they were my social network, my real one, uh, before I left and when I came back, that distance didn't really feel that strong. And also I stayed with one of my friend's mums when we went to Australia, which is quite near um, so it felt like I was close to her because I was near her mum. But then I went to international school and, I mean, one, I didn't have that many close friends in school. We all know that. I've mentioned that before. <laughs> but after uni, like after, sorry, the, uh, we took our baccalaureate, it was in France, um, people went all around the world because it's international school. So I know through Facebook that I have friends in Mexico, in Korea, um, sorry, South Korea, in um uh, a lot of friends in Canada, um, in the US and in France, obviously, and they're very scattered. I know what they're up to because of social media, but 
there wouldn't there wasn't any because we weren't close to begin with it would be weird to be like hmm how are you today or anything so i guess the obstacle was like pre-existing the internet's always an amplifier i guess yeah my friends recently just moved to the u.s and we have promised to like write each other letters but because i think that would just be a nice thing to do i haven't written someone like a long letter in a long time so i think that'll be fun but (laughs) i'll see how i used to i used to do little packages for this one friend and like illustrations because we were in art we know each other from an art club from uni and it actually, we'd send each other mixed CDs because um, it was the 2000s. <laughs> it was, it is a really nice way to, like there are parts of her that I know that I don't know even in my closest friends because our relationship developed sort of in an epistolary way, which is quite unusual, I guess. It's nice. Yeah, me and my Amsterdam friend also send each other like little parcels from time to time, mostly with just like stuff pointless stuff from like humor or tiger or something but it's nice because we just kind of do it every now and again and it's really nice to have something in the post that's so fun and not like from the bank or student loans or something (laughs) bring us to the end of the show what do you think is the most important lesson you've learned from a friend for me patience like giving people time to maybe go off and do their thing and then come back to you if you really want to foster something now like I think also sometimes it's that mood thing where you're in a different mood to your to your friend and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just patience and kindness, I think. The things that I value most in my friends, like one of the things that I didn't say before, but like selflessness, mm. obviously that's great to have in a friend. But I think those qualities that you value so much in other people, it's because you want to take them for yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, even like that thing I said earlier about friends kind of allowing you to just be yourself and have that time to do stuff. And then when they need you and they need that back, you're there to do the same for them. So I think that's probably the main thing I've learned. I'm going to go back to what I said right at the beginning, which is you can't... I mean, this is just sort of life lessons, I guess, but I've learnt not to ask people for things they can't give because then I'm automatically going to get a slap in the face. Um, so just appreciate people for what they can actually offer you mm. rather than what they can't. Yeah, I guess I thought um, that like in making new friends, you can often like kind of restart again and you don't have to like carry everything with you and like with all the mistakes of the past, you can just kind of, yeah, have a fresh start, which is, can be really refreshing in like new and different friendships with different people. Do you think it's important to like have friends in, all the, in order to keep us in check? Definitely. I think it's important to have people who contradict you, who bring you up on stuff, people who you trust primarily to say, like, mm, you're, you're crossing a line there because otherwise you just end up super rambly and, as my girlfriend likes to say, syphilitic, even though it's not a relationship to syphilis. <laughs> but people who just, like, talk and say random shit, I think that that is because they don't have close friends to keep them in check. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's it from Very Loose Women. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Leo, Beth and Zoe for coming on today's show. Thank you, John, for producing. And thank you, Resonance 104.4, for helping us to make the show. Listen to all our episodes on Acast, Spotify, Apple Pods and Google and follow us on VLW Radio. Until next time.